Our Father, we thank you because your word supplies life to the dying. When the enemies have come over us, and we seem not to find our path in life, your word supplies direction. Your word supplies life. It brings about action and activity. Spirit of God, this morning, our ears are open to learn from you. Our heart trembles as we come before the ancient words that are ever true. That has changed the men of old, changed their passions, changed their pursuits, changed their vision, changed their desires. Spirit of God, this morning, let your word come with power. Let your word come to produce a result. Father, you sent your word. Anywhere you wanted result, you sent your word. Anywhere you wanted progress, you sent your word. Anywhere you wanted increase, you sent your word. And when we read scripture, we heard, Thus says the Lord. Father, this morning again, we ask that you will speak. Lord, we ask that you will speak. Spirit of God, there are stones here, stony hearts, that have sat under your word and they have become used to your word. Spirit of God, let there be a breaking this morning. We don't want to come and go the same. The Bible said, as the rain falls from heaven, and it does not return void. It doesn't return without causing an impact on the earth. So is my word. It shall accomplish the very purpose for which I send it. Spirit of God, this morning as you send your word, let it accomplish your purpose in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. This morning we are considering praying with the word. Um, but as I reviewed that and meditated over this for several months, um, maybe by the end of our discussion this morning, we may be talking about praying the word. There's a difference between praying with the word and praying the word. And um, I want to start this morning by talking about the privilege and the power in prayer. What we read in John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. When I read that, I asked God, God, is this real? That I can ask whatever I wish, whatever I want, and heaven is obliged to do it. Is it just a slogan or it is real? Can I be a human being that as I speak, in the place of prayer and make demands on God 
My words don't fall to the ground void. That when I kneel in prayer and I ask over a matter, that I pray over a matter, and there were so many matters that came to my mind that I have prayed about and nothing happened. Nothing happened. But I want to start by saying this morning that there is a great power and privilege we have in the place of prayer. In Mark chapter 9, a man brought his son to Jesus, a little boy. And the boy had issues with convulsion. And these disciples actually tried. They couldn't get resolved. They couldn't. They tried. They prayed. They did so many things. And there was no result. And Jesus came and met the man. And the man said to Jesus. What's the problem? In verse 21 of Mark chapter 9, Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? The man said, From childhood, he answered. He has often thrown him around and all of that. But if you can't do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus screamed and asked the man a question. Do you know who you are talking? He said, If you can how do you stand before God and you ask him if you can? And Jesus said a statement I have meditated for several years and is still not fully understood. Jesus said to him, everything, can we say everything? Everything is possible for him who believes. It's like you don't believe it. Can we say it together? And I said, Jesus, everything. When I see such words in scripture, I pause. That in the place of prayer, there is a possibility to achieve anything and everything. When we read in John says, and whatsoever ye ask. And Jesus turned to that man and said, If you can, do you know who you are standing before and you talk with me with some measure of possibility? And Jesus said to him, Everything is possible. Everything is possible. In some other instance, Jesus said, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things. And I tell you, I don't want to specialize in what man can do. There is what man can do. I don't want to bother God. I don't want to celebrate what man can do. But Jesus was speaking and he said, there are things man cannot do. But in the place of prayer, everything is possible. Everything. So there is great power and great privilege we have in Mark chapter 11. And you, you, you keep reading scripture and you see it. Mark chapter 11 verse 22. Verse 20. Jesus saw a fig tree on the road and they were walking. And he went to the fig tree to pick leaves. And he discovered he didn't have fruits. And he cursed the tree. Some days later they were coming. In the, in the next day they were coming. And the Bible said in the morning as they went among the saw fig tree withered from the roots, Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. 
Master it has withered. And Jesus said to him, Have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, Go! Throw yourself into the sea. And he does not doubt in his heart. But believes that what he says will happen. It will. Will is. It's not a, it's not a statement of probability. It's not a statement of chance. Maybe, maybe not. When you tell somebody this will happen. It means it will happen. Is it not? Oh, talk to me. Is it not? And the Bible said, Jesus said, it will be done. Therefore I tell you, therefore I tell you, whatever. I said, God, whatever. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. And when you stand praying, hold nothing against anyone. Forgive him so that your Father in heaven. Finally, First John chapter 5, verse 13 down. The same thing Jesus said. Ask whatever according to my will. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, somebody says anything. Oh my God, anything. What is anything in Igbo? Please, someone help me. Ihobula. And I say, God, is this real? Is this real? According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So I want to begin this morning by saying there is power in prayer. There's possibility in prayer. When you come before the throne of grace and sincerely you are talking to God, things can happen. Anything is possible when we pray. Anything can happen. Anything, anything, everything, whatever. Any single thing you bring before God's presence is possible to happen. But this morning I don't want to dwell on that. And I said, God, if this is possible, then before I die, let me experience it. How many of you want to get to that point where God is bound to respond to our words. Okay. Can we go back to our text? First John chapter 15 verse 7. This kind of life. What is the first word you see? In John chapter 15 verse 7. Please, can we, can we sound? What's the first word there? I didn't hear us very well. If. And we were taught in English that if. Is what? Is what please? It's a conditional word. Or conditional statement. That. When you see if before a statement, it means that that privilege or that statement does not apply to everybody. 
there are those who will experience that statement and there are those who will never as long as they fulfill the condition. That the privilege of prayer and the power of prayer is not open to everybody. It is not even open to everybody that prays. You didn't hear me. What makes you to get results from prayer is not that you prayed. It's not even that you had a well-worded prayer. So sometimes when it's time for you to pray, you gather yourself and you try to arrange a very a very sound prayer. It is not. I saw why many, many people are praying. But there are still many impossibilities around us. Many impossibilities. Even in our own life, not to even talk of let your kingdom come, let your will be done. There are many, many times that we cannot assess the possibility of God. And very unfortunate, some of us cannot even pray. When it's time to pray, sleep shows up. Distraction shows up. What is the condition that brings the power, the possibilities, the privileges in prayer? If Verse 7. Can we look at it together? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you wish it and it will be given you. So I discover that what praise is not a mouth but a man. When heaven is checking the quality, it's not looking for how arranged it is. They are asking is who is the you that is praying? Who is the you that is asking? They say you want this and this and this to happen. You said this. You said this. They said no, 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 no. We, we, we don't have a record of that you. As having met the other conditions. Why does that you want to get what you wishes? So Jesus was speaking to the disciples and says... If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever. The you who abides in me and the you who my word is resident in that same man, when he asks, when he asks, 
heaven is obligated to respond. So what God is, what God, you see, if you read the Bible, there was this great man of God called Elisha. Who was attended to by a Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman built a house for him. And Elisha blessed her with a song. Prayed and said by this time next year. You will have a son. And the woman's son died. And the woman rushed to go and meet Elisha. When she got to Elisha. Elisha said, what's the problem? This woman has a problem and God has hidden it from me. The woman said, did I ask you for a son? Why did you give me a son? And the woman said, my son is dead. And Elisha said to Gehazi, Gehazi, take this staff. You, Gehazi, run to the boy. And go and wake the boy up. Gehazi ran. Got there. And the problem didn't answer Gehazi. (laughs) It's not every problem that answers everybody. He didn't answer Gehazi. I don't know what Gehazi did. Because what the Bible just recorded is that he took the staff of Elijah and he must have said, I come to you in the name of the man of God. And it's possible that he rendered a well-worded prayer. The Bible said, nothing happened. And Gehazi ran back to his master. And it's like that woman knew Gehazi. She said, Oh God, I'm not going from here. If it's Gehazi that you sent, I know I will get a dead son. There's no chance. My spoil will not rise up. It will not happen. Gehazi, I know Gehazi. The Bible said the woman waited. She waited. She waited. Until Elijah, Elijah came. Oh, the Bible said, And Elisha prayed. And the boy's body became warm. Two use different results. Two men praying. Different response. That you prayed does not shake God. God is asking who is praying. Who is praying? Who is praying? He said, but the prayer that came is a very, very sound prayer. It was quoted from Isaiah chapter this. Lord, as I come into your presence, you said in your word that you will do this and do this. You said in your word that we should command the works of your hand. You said in your word, God said, I'm hearing who is talking. Who is talking? And could that be the reason why several prayers are offered to God? And many of them don't climb beyond the roof of the church. When you abide in me and my words not visit you but abides in you, you, that same you will ask whatever. Whatever you want. Oh my God. And the Bible said heaven will respond. Jesus. This morning. Are you going to say God. Please you need to start recognizing my voice. You need to start recognizing my voice. God doesn't listen to a man's words, he listened to the man's worth. 
He listens to the value on the man. He doesn't listen to his degrees. He doesn't listen to his arguments, his, his, his language, his grammar. He listens to the man. He listens to the man. This is the man I esteem. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 2. There is a man God respects. And when that man begins to talk, God listens. Oh my God. When the man begins to pray, God hears. I will not deal with the first aspect, the first condition, because our theme is talking about the Word of God. The Word of God. And Jesus said, if my words abide in you, what was Jesus saying? Is it that I should cram the word of God and put it in my head? And I can be able to quote. Many of us like those kind of people. When they are preaching, they are quoting from here. And they are quoting from here. And they are quoting from here. And they are quoting. And God said, who is quoting my words? This is a man's lips that are closed. But his heart is far. And in verse, in verse, in verse 6, in verse, in verse 6, we were told of those who were with Christ before, but they have been plucked out. They have lost their vital connection to Christ. They don't have a current status with Christ. They used to, they used to, they used to be vibrant, they used to be this, they used to be leaders, they used to this, they used to. But God is saying they have been caught. They have been dried up. But they have the language. This morning, are you going to say, Lord? I must begin to look for value. For content, not container. I must not be a man of many words, yet few impact. There are those who sing, and there are those who sing. It is not in the words of the song. Is in the worth of the singer. It is not how good the songs are, but how heavy the singer is. Is it a you that God will respect? Maybe that's why many people don't like praying. When God sends his word in Isaiah chapter 55, the Bible says the word of God, when it comes into a place, it's on a mission. It doesn't come to be crammed. It comes with a purpose. It comes on a mission. It comes to accomplish a particular assignment. It comes to produce a result. It comes to achieve something. Something. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. Can we read Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12? Very popular scripture. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 12. For the word of God... Is what please? Is alive. And is what? Is powerful. Some version says is active. Is not passive. So when the word of God is dwelling inside somebody, the word of God will be carrying out an action. Oh my God, you didn't hear. You see, if you can say, yes, I received the word of God. God said, that's not what I'm talking about. 
when Jesus was speaking, he said, if you remain in me, and my words, the only way I can remain in you, because I am the word in him, the Bible said in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was what? And the word was God, and the word became flesh. So Jesus said, the way that I can remain in you is that my words remain in you. And my word is active. It's powerful. Now before I even come back here, let's go to James. James chapter 1. You know, I love the way King James put that particular scripture. James chapter 1 verse 21. Can somebody just read it from King James for us? Therefore, okay. put away all filthiness and extreme wickedness, okay. and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Oh, I was waiting to hear superfluity of what? Of nothingness. I know that is King James. So we have a newer King James. Original King James says what? Superfluity of what? <laughs> of nothingness. But the Bible said that there is something the word of God does. The word of God has a function called grafting. Whenever the word of God locates a man, it must do something. It is called the engrafted word of God. And for those of us who are familiar with agri, when you want to do grafting, you first of all have a parent plant that is existing. And you bring the engrafted plant. You arrive, you cut, you remove the strange plant. And you do what? You remove the native one and you install, you put the engrafted board. Can I ask you, how many things has the word of God removed from your life? The Bible said, there is the word of God called the engrafted word of God. Every day you come to church, you hear the Bible and increase your head knowledge. But you are still carrying the natural plant. Anytime the word of God comes to court, you say, please stop there. Please stop there. I don't plan to be a pastor's wife. Stop there. Stop there. The one I have is okay. That is even the coming in of the word, not to talk of that the word is now dwelling in you. When last did the word of God cut something out of your life? When last did the word of God cut? You know, I've heard a lot of people say, that is me, that is how my father gave birth to me. That is, don't you know that is a natural you? God wants to produce a refined you. I met people tell me, but you, you know you, you are gentle. You, you are very, I can't take that kind of thing. And I will laugh. I say, no, this is not the natural me. The word of God has done something in my heart. If it is me, I will not be gentle. But when I read the fruit of the Spirit, I see that one of the characteristics the Holy Ghost must bring out is gentleness. It is not about whether I'm an Igbo man or I'm from Ogu, I'm from Ungu or from Imo. The Spirit of God is producing a man that has been engrafted. That man has been, has been, say has been cut out of him. It has been cut. And God's man has been grafted inside and the man is growing. When the man asks, God responds. Ah. Because when he's asking, 
He's not asking to satisfy his imbisi appetite. He's asking because God is there. God will just be praying out of so he is not just praying with the word, he's praying the word. The word is jumping out. And God is saying, Oh, somebody's praying now. Somebody's praying. Please let's listen. Oh God, I want to be that kind of person. I'm crying and say, God, I don't just want to flood like Gehazi flood your with just words. Go and read Isaiah chapter 66. God said you bring bulls and goats and all of that. They said, no. I will destroy you. In fact, he said, some of them say the Lord is with us. They will, how do we say it? Want to, the Lord be with you and also with you. May the Almighty God bless you in the name of God. He said, who is actually saying that I am with this? Who is that person? So when the word of God comes, it cuts. It cuts. It engrafts. Now let's go back to let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4. The word of God is not for you see when I saw the theme living by every word of God. I hope you know that you don't see this kind of theme when you drive through town. When they say fire, fire, something, 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 God is going to you are running there. And I, I ask myself, how can I be? I have a very, a very powerful church behind my house. The only problem is that they don't allow me to sleep many times. You see, but every time they are killing their enemies, and I say, God, these people's enemies must be very much. I don't know whether you have killed enemies, but I said, these enemies, they either must be very powerful, or they must be very plenty. That on Tuesday they will kill. Everything that is killing my business, I kill you. Everything that is on this, and I said, God, what is happening? As they are killing the things, the business is going down. Because what business is here is not words. It's not words. Jesus was speaking to the people and he said in John chapter 6 verse 63, he said the words I speak to you. They are what please? They are spirits. And when they arrive in your life, they produce a kind of life. So when you see a man that has, that has soaked himself with the word of God, there is a kind of life. It's not about his village. It must if it's the word of God. I've seen Christians who go to places and tell them, see, I'm an Edoma. And I say, what's the meaning of that? And you see, as an Edoman, if I deal with you people, <laughs> if I deal with you, God in heaven, so when he finishes talking like that, he comes and says, God, you see these people deal with him. The people will be dealing with him the more. The word of God is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. That the word of God penetrates. When the word of God enters first a man's life, there are things it must pull down. There are things it must cut. You see, in the Old Testament, God said to Jeremiah, I have appointed you as a prophet to tear down, to pull down, to scatter, to destroy, and then to build. And you know, that was a typology. In the Old Testament, it's physical things they were destroying. Temples. They were destroying nations. The people of Israel were taken to captivity. But in the New Testament, God is actually pulling down things. Idols in our hearts. Imagination. Arguments. Strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. So they're pulling down one stronghold, casting down imaginations, and pulling down thoughts, making them obedient to Christ. So when the word of God resides in me, it must be tearing something down. There are philosophies that move around. Think last week or some weeks, I was, we were teaching in our church on marriage seminar. I was talking to the singles. And the first thing I told them, I said, before we talk marriage, 
Can I inform you that the way God thinks is not the way we think. The Bible said in God's word that my thoughts are what? They are not your thoughts. So when I come to the word of God, I am trying to cut down my thoughts. I am trying to uproot. And you see the word of God is so clean. The Bible said it penetrates. We just go and catch you where you are. It penetrates to thoughts, to motives, to intentions. And it keeps staring and saying, oh God, this your intention is wrong. The reason you brought that money is wrong. The reason you are praying that prayer is wrong. The purpose is so that you can deal with your boss in the office. The purpose is so that you can make an impression to people and God said it's wrong. That's not the word of God. So no matter how long you pray the prayer, it doesn't receive answer. You see, sir, this, sir, this, I've been praying about this thing, but it's not working. It won't work. It's not flowing from a man that is loaded with the word of God. Not in his head, but in his heart. I was reading the Bible the other day, and the Bible said, Give us this day our daily bread. I say, God, why? I want a job that gives me monthly salary. And can provide monthly bread. And God said no. I want you to, to depend on me day by day. Say God it's not easy. I don't like that one. So for some of us. If government delays your salary. You will complain and complain and complain. Because you are not living day by day. Trusting God. And when you read the word of God. You read the word of God. Every time the word of God comes. It comes with a knife. It comes like a sword. He said, my son, take this away. My daughter, take this away. Some of you here are praying for marriage. And do you know why you will not hear God? You will not hear God. Because you are full of your thoughts. This is the kind of kind I want. And the first question, every time I'm confronted with those things... When I hear them, I ask them, I say, who told you that? Where did you get that philosophy? That a man that is a doctor can put food on his... On, you know, when I hear those slogans, I say, God, this is not your word. Can put food on the table of his family better than a man that is a teacher. So when I have a teacher and I have a doctor, the will of God most likely must fall in line with the doctor. It has to. When I'm praying, I need to see us going for medical outreach. I need to see us going for here. You see, what you are seeing, you, so you will pray and marry a doctor. And you will come back and say, is this how marriage is? Yes, that's how it is. Because when you came to the Lord to pray, you know God was talking of some people who have their answers before they pray. When they are coming to God, they have idols in their heart. And they are saying, oh God, do something for me. Oh God, do something for me. What I actually say is, oh God, do this thing for me. This is the way I want you to do it, oh God. So when you come to church and they say, this is the way we are going to wed you. This is how you say, no, I don't like. I want a wedding that will shake the town. I want a wedding that we. And I'm asking, where did you see Jesus shaking towns? What is the reason? And you see, if genuinely you sit with the word of God, it will judge your motive. So that when you now come before God to pray, you are actually praying His will. What you want is what God wants. What you desire because you have been soaked. Of recent, I was praying, when this Fulani crisis happened, and you know, it is the first approach. It is let this fool and eat people, let fire come from heaven, let this consume them. But when I listened a little, I discovered that that's not the prayer. Maybe there's something else God is saying. I hope you know that in scripture, God allowed foreigners <laughs> to come into his temple and carry his golden vessels. You didn't read it in your Bible. <laughs> you won't read it. You don't like that one. You will be reading about how God helped his children to deal with foreigners. You will remember that there was a time the people had lost.
trust God. And God wanted to wake his church small. You don't even remember that the apostles, I remember when Kaduna Bill came out and people were shouting, the governor must die, the governor must die. I seem to hear that the governor will leave. Don't you know that in scripture, people were asked not to preach. <laughs> and they went and met the man and they said, oh God, judge for yourself. You see, this thing, we don't have problem with your law. But you, judge for yourself. Is it, is it right for us to obey you, the excellency of the whole Kaduna state? Or for us to obey God? Judge for yourself. Actually, we cannot help. We have a problem. The problem is with us. That even if you bring out another law, the problem is that we can't help talking about this thing. You, you just be killing others. You don't have any other chance. But when we come before God and we allow His Word to soak us, we can hear God's mind on issues. This morning, as I round up, are you going to say, Lord, you need to begin a walk in my life. You see, when we, when we have a theme living by every Word of God, you know, if it was living by the Word of God, it is easier. But when, the, when Jesus Christ said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. It means that God has a word for every issue of our life. There's a way God sees money. I have to see money like that. There's a way, there's an instruction God gave to people who are rich. If God has privileged me to be rich, I need to sit on that scripture, study it. When I don't understand, I come with my Bible and say, Chaplain, God said something to rich people. Help me understand it. This morning, as we round up, are you going to open your heart and say, Lord, let your word remain in me. Of recent, I'm trying to see how to fine-tune the things I hear through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. A man can pick God's Word, but he's promoting his selfish ambition. A man can pick God's Word, but he's promoting his lust. A man can pick God's Word, and he's promoting his ambition. And you will decorate it with the word of God. See, the problem, you see, the problem self is that you'll be making progress in that ambition. You will not know that God's hand is not there. That one is worse. That when I would have done so much, built so many things, God will say, marked for destruction. This morning. We're going to pray for the spirit of prayer. But the spirit of prayer has to come on a man that is living God's word. A man whose desire, who is hungry, who is passionate for the word of God. Who is saying, Lord, Lord, search me and know my thoughts. Know my heart and see if there is evil way in me. Lord, delete it. Why did I show love to that sister? Search my heart. Search my motives. Search my thoughts. Your word pierces through the bones and marrows and locates a man's thoughts and intentions and tears it asunder. And actually when the man comes before God on the day of judgment, he will stand before a God whose eye sees everything. And the word of God will just open our lives. As we pray this morning, we are saying, Lord, send your word to my life. Let's pray. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. When you open your mouth, psalms, songs, hymns, and words in accordance with the will of God. 
And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will in line with my word, and it shall come to pass. Father, may the burdens of our heart be realized even this morning in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, may we no more pray empty words. May we no more just say prayers. May we pray your will because your word has been engrafted in our heart. And we pray with knowledge through your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's fill our lives, old or young, retired or serving, apprentice looking for job, male or female, fill our lives with your word and with the excitement of coming to you to discuss your word in line with your will. And may we receive answers to prayer in the name of Jesus. And Heavenly Father, by that same token, we have that lives here that are empty, far away from your word. Empty when it comes to the altar of prayer. This morning, let something give in the name of Jesus. And let it be an engrafting of your word and the desire and the sincerity and the communion with you that you can value his praying and you can do that which is your will and bring God according to your determinate counsel your desires upon our lives in the name of Jesus Father in this new month of May Lord we ask that there will be a change and mark and a difference in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ that Father in accordance with your will from this first day to the last day of the month of May we will experience an encounter with you. We will walk in your presence. Your word will take a new dimension in our lives. And as we get out, not only in praying, as we take decisions, as we act, as we want to open our mouth to speak, may we hear this is the way. Walk you in it. As your word guides and directs us in the name of Jesus Christ. Plant us on the path of safety this month. Give us in the world praise this month. Fill our lives with your benefits this month. All in accordance with your word in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, may we walk through this month. Even if we encounter challenges and difficulties, may we surely walk in the comfort and the presence of your Lord and your staff. And may we truly have you seen us through in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, whatever they are that still come away, the exams, the work beatings, the travelings, the meetings, the demands upon us in the family and in the work situation. Lord Almighty, may we see your banner of grace and your banner of favor, and may we also walk in your light and see you take us through in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, you will raise us up from our sickbed. And for everyone who is in any form of affliction, especially helpless now, Lord, we receive even your opening in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, because you are the Lord who has spoken, and you bring your word to come to pass. Be exalted, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.